Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast. I'm Jamie Weidel, travel agent and owner of Pineapple Escapes. So today I'm super excited to be joined by two of our awesome Pineapple Escapes agents, Courtney Farron and Alyssa McVeigh, and we are going to debate the pros and cons of booking either a cruise vacation or an all-inclusive vacation. So these types of trips have lots of similarities, but there are also some major differences that can really impact the type of trip that is right for you and for what you are going for for this particular vacation that you're planning. And that's one of the things that our agents specialize in is helping you figure out exactly the type of trip that you're wanting and what will be best for you. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So Alyssa is our in-house cruise guru. She's kind of become the default person for all of the cruises, and she's going to be sharing her thoughts on cruising and how all of that works today. And then Courtney has been to numerous all-inclusive resorts. She even trained earlier this year at a special training that was just for all-inclusives. So Courtney's going to share all of her thoughts on all-inclusives and why she thinks they would be the best choice for your trip. So I got to decide what order we were going to talk about things in. And we're going to start with my favorite topic because I think it's a really important one when it comes to vacations, and that's food. And of course, that includes drinks too, but for me, it's all about the food. So, Courtney, I'm going to start with you. Tell me about food at all-inclusives and why that's a good thing and or a bad thing for all-inclusive guests. So I think the food at both options are great. Like I've never had a bad meal on vacation. With all-inclusives, the alcoholic drinks are unlimited. So that is a draw for a lot of people, especially ones who do like to drink. But you can still get your money's worth out of it, even if you don't drink. So like my mom doesn't drink, but she loves like milkshakes and smoothies and fresh fruit juices. I mean, she never feels like she doesn't get her money's worth, even though she doesn't drink. The portions do tend to be a little smaller than in the U.S. Um, But that means you do get to sample like more dishes. So like you can get two entrees or you can do, you know, two appetizers or my personal favorite would be two desserts. And then at some all-inclusives, they even have like Le Petit Chef, which is like a dinner and a show in one. And there's like a projected hologram chef and he like goes around the table and prepares your meals. And then the servers bring out like the actual food for you to eat. So that's like a nice, fun, interactive show and meal for, you know, adults and kids too. Yeah. And a lot of the resorts too have special like dinner theater type shows like Hotel Eshkaret is one that I think of that has, you know, the specialty dining. It's like a multi-course meal with a show. So there's a lot of different things like that that I think make the food at all-inclusives neat. 
And I will throw in here that my kids love all-inclusives because usually there's an ice cream place and it's unlimited (laughs) ice cream. So they like to see how many ice creams they can have a day. But there's also unlimited ice cream on cruises. So Alyssa, let's talk a little bit about the food on cruises. So, of course, it's going to vary a lot depending on who you're sailing with. And one of the big things that people think of when they think about cruising is the buffet. So, yes, those big Vegas-style buffets are there as well as traditional main dining room options. A lot of times people ask me what isn't included on a cruise. So you're always going to have some options that are included in your cruise fare, like the buffet, like main dining. But they've also started offering different options that are still included in your cruise fare, too. Cafe style, food court style on Disney Cruise Line is really popular. So I think it's a really great value that's included in your cruise fare. And then a lot also have specialty restaurants that you do have to pay an upcharge for. Disney Cruise Line on their newest ships just started working with a Michelin ranked chef, which is amazing. So that's a true European luxury style dining experience you can get on board. And then Royal Caribbean also has a lot of great specialty dining options that you either pay an upcharge for, or if you're staying in a suite, it's included. So I think there's a lot of variety on board to satisfy everyone on most of the cruise lines. And yes, of course, there's that free ice cream normally located by the pool for those kids and adults that just want to hang out and uh, have a sweet treat any time of day. Yeah. And so Alyssa, I think we also need to touch on drinks on the cruises. How does all of that work? That is very dependent on the cruise line. So Disney doesn't offer drink package as well, because if you're on a Disney cruise, you're probably not hanging out all day, just uh, getting toasty. Maybe you are. Some people might. And on other cruise lines like Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, Celebrity, you either have to buy a drink package and those prices are dynamic, meaning they're going to change depending on when you buy them. So there's sales that can bring the cost down, but usually it is a, a cost commitment above your cruise fare unless you're sailing in a suite. So for our clients with Pineapple Escapes, we've actually developed a calculator or a flowchart to kind of show you if it's really worth it for you to buy a drink package or not. Because it normally shakes out to you would have to pay extra for about 14 drinks a day. And that doesn't just include alcohol, it includes shakes and coffee drinks and that kind of stuff for a package to really be worth it for you to add on to the cost of your cruise. Right. And so for someone like me who can't hold her alcohol, typically that is not worth it for me on a cruise ship. So I'm more likely to probably drink more at an all-inclusive because I can order 15 drinks and it's no cost to me and I can have four sips of each one and it's all great. I mean... It just really depends on the type of vacationer you are. And I think that will be kind of a theme throughout this. But so I think the next big thing we need to talk about are rooms and like the whole setup of how you're staying in your accommodations during the trip. So Courtney, let's go ahead and start with all-inclusives. What are your thoughts here on how this is typically set up at most all-inclusive resorts? So at most all-inclusives, like your base level is going to be a garden view. But what's nice is, I mean, every room category that I can even think of, you're going to have some sort of outdoor space. 
So you're going to have either a balcony or like a patio. Some of them, you know, you have like just chairs. Sometimes you have like a jetted tub. Sometimes you have a bench. But you do have some sort of outdoor space attached to your room. Um, There's also like swim out rooms as an option, which I will be in in two weeks. So I'm (laughs) really looking forward to that. So that has like its own pool just like right outside of our room. So I literally put on my suit, walk outside and I'm in a pool and I don't have to like go to the big pool with a whole bunch of people if I don't want to, if I just want to kind of lounge about. I would say they're probably bigger at all the levels, like versus if you think of like an interior room on a cruise ship that you know either doesn't have a virtual window or maybe even does, it's probably going to be a little bit bigger than that, even at your base level. And then once you go club, you don't go back. So I know we always say that, but this last trip that I went on, we were in club level everywhere we went. And now I'm booking club level for myself because like, I just can't give that up. (laughs) (laughs) Usually I would say those rooms are a little bit better than their non-club counterparts. And then if you do have like a butler level, that butler is going to learn your preferences, help you make reservations. If they know you like a specific kind of, you know, drink in the morning, they're going to get that ready for you. Club level also has usually like a special check-in area. So like when I checked in at some resorts, the regular lobby is still open to the outside. Whereas the club lobby where you check in is like inside, it has its own club bar, Uh, you're greeted with drinks and it's air conditioned. So sometimes like when you get there, it's already hot. I'm already melting. And so like I don't want to check in and sign paperwork while sweating. So going into like an air conditioned lobby is nice for me. Club level also has, you know, their special pools, bars, even restaurants sometimes. So that's a nice benefit. So, like I said, once you go club, you don't go back. I don't think I could, like, give that up now that I've stayed in club level. It would be hard, I think. There's also, like, oceanfront suites that have, like, their own bedroom, their own living room space, plus, like, large oceanfront balconies with, like, their own hot tubs, sometimes their own little pool. And those are really great for, like, honeymoon couples and then also even, like, a destination wedding where you have... A bunch of people staying, but maybe like all your bridesmaids want to get ready and hang out before the wedding actually happens. They have that living room space to kind of do that, relax. And then you also have your bedroom later. So that's one thing I think that's really nice is just all the varieties of the rooms. Right. And and I think that can also depend on, I mean, the brand of all-inclusive resort that you're at, what options are there. And, And I'm with you. I agree. Once you go club level, you don't go back. There's just something (laughs) about those extra benefits. And I agree. I want to check in in the air-conditioned lobby. I want to be offered a drink as soon as I'm there. And I want that wow factor. I want to walk into the resort and feel taken care of with a beautiful view. And I love all of that. So I'm with you 100%. So cruising is definitely a little bit different in the room categories And in some ways, a little bit limited in what they can offer at the base fair. But some of the suites and those sorts of things on ships have really become phenomenal 
in the last few years, especially with these newer ships. So Alyssa, tell us a little bit about our options on a cruise and how all of that plays out. So traditionally, you have four choices for cabins. You have interior cabins, and those are for the people who are going to rock all day, and their room is just for sleeping. And normally, yeah, you're not going to hang out in an interior cabin. And then there are ocean view options, which mean you just have a really pretty window. And then there are balconies, which is my personal favorite and most people's choice. And then there are suites. So just like with an all-inclusive, if you are in a suite, if you're in a concierge-level cabin, you're going to get that upgraded experience from the moment you show up. And yes, once I started doing that, it's hard to go back. Because if you want to maximize your time on the ship, if you want to get that extra level of service, just like on land, upgrading us to a suite is always going to be my recommendation for people, but just kind of like on land too, sometimes it's a little harder to make work. Included perks vary a lot depending on who you're cruising with. So Disney really brings the service and the really gorgeous cabins for families, which is my personal favorite. I'm about to go on a cruise over Christmas in a Disney suite. And it's going to be fantastic. There are some very minimal options with other cruise lines like Carnival, NCL, Celebrity, Royal, where you just want to be on the ship and you don't really care what your bed looks like. So I think it really can appeal to everyone depending on your budget and both what you want, because there are rooms that are bigger that you can still hang out in. But really with the cruise, you're on the cruise to cruise. So you're not going to be spending maybe as much time hanging out in your room like you would possibly at an all-inclusive resort. Yeah, I I mean, I would agree with that. I think it really, it. I feel like a broken record here, but I think it really just depends on what you want and how you're going to travel. And that's one of the things that we work with you to determine is what are you wanting? What are the values? or benefits that you are looking for within this trip. So when you think about those little extras and the different add-ons on a ship or at an all-inclusive, what are some of those things that really make or break that? Courtney, let's go ahead and start with you. What are some of the things that you found at all-inclusives to be really beneficial for your clients as far as even adult only or families, that sort of thing? I'd say one is that internet is included, especially for families like with teenagers who want to stay connected all the time, but don't necessarily want to use like the data plans for international. But I think with like all inclusives, a lot of people maybe think of like just honeymooners and spring breakers but there are like plenty of family-friendly resorts out there and they'll have kids clubs for different age groups some are like really awesome like dreams playa muerjes like there's like a rock climbing wall video games arcade games there's like pool tables like it's a place that i would want to hang out even as an adult And like, it's just for kids though. So they do have like 
places where they can hang out with people of their own age, still have a good time, and not necessarily just like be in the pool all day or be at the beach all day. I'd say there's also like a lot of variety when it comes to people who do want an adults-only vacation. Some people want to get away and they like do not want to see other kids, don't want to be around kids, don't want to hear other kids. So they like want their adults-only vacation. And I would say that there's a lot of different varieties, even just within that when it comes to all-inclusives based on like what kind of vibe or ambiance they want, like if they want more wellness, if they want to be more social, or if they just want to relax and maybe not mingle with the other vacationers as much. And then there's like a hybrid between the two. So like sometimes you'll have one where there's like an adults only section of a resort that's family friendly. So that'd be like the Royalton, like hideaway at Royalton where it's one big resort, but there's an adults only section with an adults only pool. And they do try to seat you at the restaurants around adults instead of with other families. And then there's another option where they have exchange privileges. So if we think of Dreams, Playa, and Secrets, you can go next door to Secrets even if you're staying at Dreams if you're an adult. So that's nice too because then you kind of get two resorts for one that you're staying at. And again, there's adults-only pools. So that's nice to see if you want to hang in the pool but maybe like don't want to get splashed or, you know, like be around a whole bunch of kids playing and having fun. I will say that I think All Inclusives probably has a little bit of an upper crust here over cruises as far as adult only, because there's only one cruise line right now that is completely adult only for ocean cruises, and that's Virgin Voyages. But there are some river cruises that are adult only 18 plus, like Viking, for example, if you're doing a river cruise, that is going to be 18 plus. So Again, it depends on what you're going for, the vibe that you want. But most of the major cruise lines, things like Royal, Disney, Norwegian, you're going to have children on the ships no matter when you sail. I mean, less during the school year, but it's still a thing. So I do think that maybe AI does have a little upper crust there for people who want to be adults only. Yeah, there's even some though, like, Depending on when you go, like you said, if you're going during the school year, there's probably going to be less kids anyway, even if it is family friendly. Like when we went to Aruba, it was family friendly, but it's in October. So, I mean, we had like maybe four year olds. Like I probably saw three kids at the resort the whole week. So I think it does also depend on when you go. Right. If you're going during school breaks, you're definitely going to see more kids. So that's something to keep in mind for sure. So let's switch over and talk about cruises. Alyssa, what are your thoughts? Well, just before we get too far off the adult-only topic, don't forget that even on Disney, there are still adult-only spaces on the ship. Sometimes you will get kids coming in looking for mom or just trying to see. But on Royal Caribbean, also, they have these adult-only spaces. Royal Caribbean actually just raised the age now for their adults-only solarium, and it is 18 and up. So even if you do have to cruise during the summer or spring break and you don't want to go on Virgin Voyages, but you do want to cruise and try to have less kids, there are still spaces on board that will have less kids. This is something that the industry seems to realize people want. 
but also try to stay family friendly. So also with Royal Caribbean, they just announced the all new Hideaway Beach, which is a adults only section on their private island. So they are carving out spaces for those who want a little more of a grown up atmosphere, even on the family or friendly cruise lines. So for me, one of the biggest things with cruise perks is the entertainment. You're going to get Broadway caliber shows on most of these ships, as opposed to an all-inclusive where it seems like most of their entertainment offerings are like DJ style pool parties. And that's not my vibe. That's not normally how I get down. Even when I was younger and didn't have kids, that was not my jam. It was always really cool to do dinner in a show. And they're really bringing that value on the icon. They're going to have a Wizard of Oz stage show complete with a tornado on the stage, which is just bananas. I cannot wait to see that. And then for Disney, they have dinner shows where you're eating, but then there's also a Rapunzel stage show or on the newest ship on the treasure, they're going to have a Coco style stage show. And I really love that because if you've eaten dinner with kids, you know that they're going to want to be entertained. So it's really cool that there's an option other than iPads, although I have seen people still bring iPads for their kids because cruise dinners can get long and you do what you have to do. So you are going to get some of those really cool things included. And then there's also upgrades because it's a cruise. A lot of the lines you can pay for expedited access, or if you're in a suite, you're going to get that expedited access included. And then you're going to have things like the concierge lounge, where you get personalized service, special treats all day. You have your dining options. You have your multiple destinations, which I think is another one of the biggest things that cruises have over all inclusives is you get on the cruise ship once, but you get to go several places. And some of these places are harder to get to if you're not on a cruise. If you're trying to fly to the Caribbean, if you're trying to fly to Europe and you want to go to three or four places, you're going to have to pay for that. But in a cruise, it's all in the one. And if there's bad weather, yes, it might change your itinerary, but you can just sail away from the bad weather. But if there's bad weather, you're all inclusive. You're just kind of stuck. Good thing your room is bigger. (laughs) So personally, I completely agree with that. I think for my family, that has been one of our biggest perks to cruising is you get on the ship, you unpack once and you get to visit multiple places. We've done a few Mediterranean cruises and Northern Europe cruises. And it's so nice to be able to visit different countries, see different things. I think that is definitely a big, big benefit. So yes, definitely a point in favor of cruising there for sure. So let's talk a little bit about like beaches, excursions, the different things to do all-inclusive versus cruises. So Courtney, let's start with you. Talk to me a little bit about what I can expect from the beach, excursions, that sort of thing at a typical all-inclusive resort. So at an all-inclusive, like if you wanted to spend all day, every day at the beach, like sun up to sundown, you totally can. Usually they have like servers too that will come, you know, bring you drinks. So you don't even have to like get up from your lounge chair, really. Like if you just want to be a beach bum, then I would say all inclusive is definitely for you. Like Alyssa said, there are group activities at both. I would say at an all inclusive, they 
will revolve usually around like the beach or in the pool. So there'll be like water Zumba, sand volleyball tournaments, pickleball is getting really popular now. So they'll have all those kind of activities planned out. I've seen paddleboarding. It's usually, like I said, around the beach or the pool. You also have more time for excursions, I feel like, if you're going to an all-inclusive. One of my biggest fears is that, like, something's going to happen and, like, I'm not going to make it back to the boat in time and, like, it's just going to sail away (laughs) and leave me in, like, a foreign country. I just get so stressed out about that. So, like, one thing with an all-inclusive is, like, you know, you have more time to experience the excursion. Like, if you want to go to Chichen Itza or, you know, Eshkaret, like, you can spend all day there. And then, you know, they'll make sure to bring you back and you won't miss the bus or the boat, I guess, in this case. Yeah, that's one of my, like, every time I go on an excursion, I'm just paranoid. So... I will also say that some people get very seasick. I don't, but I do have friends who like the thought of getting on a ship, even though they have stabilizers, like they just won't have a good time because they're going to be sick the whole time and they don't feel like they can enjoy it. And they're also kind of nervous to take that chance if they're going to be sick the whole time. So I would say, you know, definitely in that case, an all-inclusive would be the way to go for them. So I think seasickness is an interesting one just because I myself get seasick on small ships and so does my daughter. Actually, my daughter has been sick all over the world. Like I think you can easily say that she's been sick everywhere, but I think that that's a big fear for a lot of people who haven't cruised before is, will I get seasick? How is that going to be? What's that going to look like? And I will say that on the bigger ships, I personally do not get seasick unless I'm pregnant. So that was a deal breaker for me on the ship. But otherwise, I don't have issues on the bigger ships. So that is just kind of something to keep in mind. But I do know that is like a fear. But I have found if people will try like a three-day cruise, usually then it's a lot better going forward. So if if you think that cruising is something you want to at least try... Try a three-night, give it a go, and see how you feel. Because I think sometimes that fear is unwarranted. It's one of those things, too. And talk to your doctor. That's (laughs) one of the main things. Tell your doctor that you're going on a cruise and you want some help. And there is a lot of things that they can do to help you. Just a little insurance-style disclaimer right there. We're not giving giving medical advice. advice. Talk to your doctor. But also, if you are interested in cruising, I know we're talking a lot about ocean cruising, but river cruising, you are going to have less chance getting seasick because you're not on the sea. Rivers don't normally rock around as much as oceans do. So if that is something that you've always wanted to do, you want to do a European river cruise, but you're a little worried that you're going to get seasick, remember, there is no sea in a river (laughs) unless you're in an estuary. So I'll think back to our elementary school vocabulary. So it is something that is a lot more accessible than I think people realize when they're worried about getting seasick. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. So so let's talk a little bit about excursions, beaches, that sort of thing with a cruise ship. So one of the cool things that 
basically every cruise line, all the major cruise lines, let me qualify that, all of the major cruise lines now have private islands. If you've ever thought that hanging out at a private island and having a private island beach day is something you want to experience, one of the best ways to get that is on a cruise. So you could worry that it's going to be crowded. Some of these ships hold a lot, but these islands are also quite large. And the big ones like Disney and Royal Caribbean do a really good job of offering a lot of different options that really spread people out over the island as much as possible. You've got quieter beaches, family beaches, luxury beaches that you probably will have to pay an upcharge to, but can really pay off. I think the big one that a lot of people think of is the over the water cabanas at Coco Cay, which I am super excited to try next summer during our Pineapple Escapes Icon Group Cruise. I went in and snagged the last one the other day. So I'm going to be enjoying that slide into the ocean while my children laugh uproariously at me, probably. (laughs) So that's the thing. Cruises are for people that like to look at the ocean, right? Because you're going to be on the ocean. If you like to sit around and look at those water blues, which is one of my jams, which is one of why I like cruises, it's going to get you some good beaches. Unless you're in Alaska. Sorry, Alaska people. There'll still be pools. Royal Caribbean actually has indoor pools, so you can still have pool time on an Alaska cruise. And the thing about cruise excursions is there really is something for everyone. And you don't have to get off the ship if you don't want to. So again, if you're worried about cost, you can stay on the ship, you can just get off and walk around. There's a lot of really cool cruise terminals around the world, some that have their own pools, some that have their own beach. But if you want to go to a museum, if you want to ride a jet ski or pilot your own boat. If you want to hop in a helicopter and look at glaciers, there is something for every interest and for every price point. So I think that's one of the really cool things about it. And it's tied into getting to go different places is yes, you can sit on a beach one day, but then the next day you can be having a cultural experience. You can take a cooking class the day after that. You can be on a catamaran cruise. There's really a lot of variety that, again, I just think you don't get when you're stuck in one place at an all-inclusive. I would agree with that. I think when you go to an all-inclusive, typically you're going for five days to a week, and you might only go off property two or three times for different excursions, whereas typically on a cruise, you might have one or two sea days, but most days you're going to wake up in a new place. And it just gives you so many options to go do different things. Plus, cruises can really go anywhere. We think of AI typically as more beach destinations. So there's definitely a difference there in the different places you can go because you can definitely cruise places that are not known for beaches at all. So that's that's another big difference, I think. So all of our clients always want to know the price. Price is always a big deal. Budget is a big deal. And these fluctuate a lot depending on a million different factors. But Courtney, let's go ahead and talk about all-inclusives and budget to start with. So I'd say probably one of the biggest draws about the pricing structure of an all-inclusive is that it's just that. Once you pay you're done. Like you don't have to worry about, okay, well then we need like a hundred dollars a day, you know, for dinner and food and drink and all these uh, extras. Like once you make that final payment, you're good to go. Like you just got to get on that plane and get there. So, you know, it does include 
airfare. It includes insurance if you want that. It includes your transfers from the airport to the resort. Like I said, it includes food, drink, internet, all those activities. Everything's going to be in that one price. So sometimes that's a lot easier for people to manage that one price instead of like, well, okay, but then we'll have to add on this and then we'll have to add on that. The only things that you really have to add on are if you want any excursions. So if you're going to leave the property and then typically if you want any spa treatments, which that's something that like every single vacation I ever go on, that is what I book is like usually the first thing I book is the spa treatment on a cruise or at an all-inclusive, I'm going to the spa and I'm getting a massage. That's like my vacation to me. And then it would be like tips for your servers. Some resorts, um, if you think of like sandals, you know, they don't allow tipping. But if you think of Cancun, a lot of those do want you to tip your drivers and your servers. But that compared to everything else, I would say is nominal. So that's one thing that I think people really like about all-inclusives. I would agree. I think that that is one big perk to an all-inclusive vacation. Even when we're planning trainings as an agency, I find it so much easier when we're doing an all-inclusive destination because it's all bundled. It's all packaged. There aren't all of these little add-ins and daily transportation, daily food costs, daily drink costs that you have to think about. So I do definitely think it's a great choice for budgeting, for families, for individuals, for weddings. You know what the price is. It's set. You pay it. You're done. By the time you get there, it's a sunk cost. You don't have to worry about it. So I, I think that's a, a big perk. Cruises are a, a lot different, I think, than all-inclusives. And I think this can also be confusing to some people who are used to an all-inclusive vacation. So Alyssa, let's talk a little bit about cruises and how they're structured with pricing. Yes, I think one of the first things I get asked when a new client reaches out is what exactly is included in the cruise fare? So I have my powder down, cruise fare, it's all-inclusive of taxes and fees. The only thing you're obligated to add on to cruise fare is gratuities. And even that, sometimes people work around. I don't recommend that cruise ship staffs work so hard. But then included in your cruise fare is all of your entertainment, your cabin, basic beverages, which is typically water, juice from concentrate, drip coffee, things like that, tea lemonade, and then everything else is a la carte. So yes, it can add up, but I think it also sometimes can be cheaper depending on where you're cruising from. I quoted for a client recently, they were going to drive from where I am. So around Austin, they were going to drive to Galveston, seven hours. I found $250 per person, Ocean View Balcony, thanks to a special deal we get through one of our travel consortiums, which was just bananas. I think it was a five-day cruise or something like that. So it just depends on when you're cruising, where you're cruising from. And sometimes, like I said... A cruise can be your only all-inclusive option for some destinations. Like there is a Hawaii cruise. Pineapple Escapes is hosting a group on that. You will not get an all-inclusive in Hawaii. This is the closest you're going to get. So other places like a Mediterranean cruise, it can still be cheaper because you're going to get to Island Hop, live the dream, see Santorini, see Greece. 
And if you add up the airfare costs between these destinations, as well as the resort stays, food costs and all of that, I think you do still come out ahead on a cruise when compared to those traditional experiences. And I think the last thing that people tend to forget, and I'm dealing with this right now for some of my clients who are used to cruising, you can plan a cruise today for 2026. You can plan a cruise today for 2025. And you can put down a deposit, normally they're 10 to 20%, but then you have literally years to make payments on this. So that can bring it more in reach when compared to an all-inclusive or a traditional resort stay where normally you can only plan a year out. Yeah, I I think that that's a really good point and something that, I mean, we can make payments on your all-inclusive vacation as well but you're not going to be booking as far out based on airfare, those sorts of things. If you're doing a full package inclusive deal. So I I think that that makes a big difference, but I do also think that as far as cruising, it can be cheaper for those who are really on a budget. If they are willing to forego some of those extra things, it doesn't matter to them to have a drink package. If they don't drink soda on Royal or Norwegian, Those are big differences. Also, some cruise lines are starting to have more of an all-inclusive options. Celebrity is one who now has an option where you can include a lot of those things on the front end. Sometimes Norwegian has that as well. It just depends on a lot of different factors and I think your overall budget. But if you are trying to go really low budget, cruises can be cheaper if you are willing to forego a lot of those special extra things. So it is definitely something to think about. So anything else, guys, that you want to throw in or that you feel is important to point out regarding all-inclusives or cruises for our clients? I would just like to go on record for saying that I love cruises too. (laughs) I love me. (laughs) I love Alaska. Like the Alaskan cruise... I love cruises too, but I also love all-inclusive. I think it just depends on what you want to do. Like Alyssa said, like if you want to go to a bunch of different countries, like, you know, not just cities, but actual different countries, a cruise is going to be a great way to do it without spending, you know, like a whole week there. I know some people say like they feel stuck or bored on a cruise ship. Like, oh, there's nothing to do. There's literally like, activities from the time you wake up until the time you go to sleep so like there's plenty of stuff to do so i don't know either they're not looking at their cruise planner or you know like the app but there's tons of stuff to do so don't listen to them (laughs) (laughs) yeah all inclusives are something that my family traditionally didn't do too much growing up we did cruises we did ski vacations we did hawaii And so I think for me, the main drawback that keeps me from truly fully embracing all-inclusives is just they are only in very limited locations. And a lot of times I'm more drawn to something a little different, nothing against those places. It is on my list to see and do and experience. And I think my favorite thing about both a cruise and an all-inclusive is you're not going to show up and be on your own. You show up at an all-inclusive, you get on a cruise ship, there's a whole staff of people there. So if you are having a bad experience and you say there's nothing to do, you can go say something to a concierge who will then remind you or show you the schedule of activities or try to help you fix your problem. 
It's not like you're just going to a random hotel somewhere and you just kind of have to figure it out on your own. So I think if you really want a value-driven experience where you're going to go and see and do an experience, yes, an all-inclusive and a cruise both have a lot going for it. Yeah. Or like my friend who has teenage boys who are like football players, she's like, they're going to eat me out of house and home. Like (laughs) at least this way. She feels like she's making money when she goes like on vacation to an all-inclusive or a cruise because she doesn't have to feed the dudes like (laughs) five (laughs) meals a day, like like spring breaks whenever they're at home. She's like, yeah, I'm going to go bankrupt this week. Like there's no (laughs) doubt about it. So... (laughs) I definitely agree. I think especially with families, like with my three teens, I mean, my girls don't ingest as much as my son, but they can definitely make the price point worth it for an all-inclusive or a cruise just in food alone sometimes. So I think that definitely impacts it all. So personally, I love both cruises and all-inclusives. I cannot pick one or the other. So you both win today. It's a draw. (laughs) But both are great vacations, and all of us at Pineapple Scapes would love to help you plan your next cruise vacation or all-inclusive vacation or Disney or Universal or Hawaii or Alaska or wherever you want to go. We are here and ready to help you plan your next trip. So please reach out to your favorite Pineapple Escapes agent, or if you don't have an agent yet, you can email us at info at pineappleescapes.com. And we would love to help you plan your next vacation. I hope you've enjoyed hearing our discussion of the differences between cruises and all-inclusives. And we hope to hear from you guys again soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices. Amplified.